Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. The first three verses. Russell was singing while you're turning to that. The thought that ran through my mind is that certainly is one of the things that we all can be thankful for that we're going to heaven. I hope we all can certainly be thankful for that. That's our destination. We sit down to all the turkey and all those things on Thanksgiving Day. We certainly ought to thank the Lord for for saving us and making all that possible. In Psalm 95, the first three verses, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with songs. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. I want to go over to the New Testament for the text in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It's one verse, I beg your pardon, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the 18th verse, which is a command that Paul gives us amongst several other things. He says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It's interesting to me to note that Paul says it is the will of God that we give thanks for whatever we have. All of you will remember the story of Robinson Crusoe. That was one of my favorite stories when I was a kid. I read that book more than once. I haven't read it for years. I'm going to locate it again one of these days and and uh, get it back in my library. By the way, if any of you ever hear of or discover anybody who's wanting to get rid of books, don't you let them throw them away. I would love to go through books and pull out of them those that, that uh, I'd, I'd like to save. I, uh, there are lots of books that are destroyed that ought not be. Uh, I used to do a lot of that, go to auctions and buy boxes of books so that I could just get two or three out of it that, that were some value. But uh, one of them that I don't have anymore is Robinson Crusoe. As he was shipwrecked on the island, there's some thoughts that went through his mind. Uh, We might say there was a list of evil things that he thought or bad things about his condition, and there's a list of good things. He thought, I'm shipwrecked. But he thought, but I'm alive. I'm banished, but I'm not starving. I don't have any clothes, 
But I'm in a warm climate. I don't need any clothes. I don't have any means of defense. But there are no animals here that I need to defend myself against. So I don't need a means of defense. I don't have anyone to talk to. But all my necessities are taken care of. Now, the question is, which, which list are we going to dwell upon in our lives? All of those things that are wrong, or those things that are good? We may not have everything in life that we want, but can we not look in our lives and discover some things for which we're thankful? I think we would find our lives blessed if we would look on those positive things. I think we could come to a conclusion that there is no condition that possibly we could be in except if we look there is something in that situation for which we can be thankful. Something. Paul said, I have learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. Most of us haven't learned that yet. Matter of fact, probably the most of us have not even begun to try to learn that. That's one of the courses that we overlook. And I'm guilty of that so much. But I am frustrated and uh, at wit's end many times over all kinds of issues. And I am there simply because I haven't learned that lesson as well as it ought to be learned. I ought to learn it. But Paul had learned the hard way in whatever state he was there with to be content. If there was anybody who had a life of such nature that he ought to complain, it surely was Paul. Listen to a few of the things that, uh, that I just jotted down in my notes about Paul's experience in life. He was stoned at Lystra. He was driven out of Thessalonica. He was rejected at Athens. He was jailed at Philippi. He was apprehended at Caesarea. He was put in prison in Rome. He was shipwrecked on his way to Rome for imprisonment. He was released from prison. He was jailed again. He was finally put in a dungeon, and then ultimately he was executed. But he was able to say, and those are just a few samples, I have learned in whatever state I am, shipwrecked, in prison, hungry, uh, he was stoned and left for dead on one occasion, and all of those things, in whatever state I am, there to be content. I'd like for us to, this evening, look at seven things that Paul said that he was thankful for. He did not dwell upon the things that 
he didn't like in his life, but let's look at those things for which he said he was thankful. And if you'll just uh, follow with me and turn in your Bible, I'll try to give you time to do it. Go first of all to the book of Acts, the 27th chapter, and look at what he said, first of all, about being thankful for simply for food. Now, we don't have time to get the full story that's in this 27th chapter of Acts, but the story is that they were about to be shipwrecked, and they, the sailors on board were unloading the ship and getting rid of everything that was not necessary, and they'd spent quite a lot of time at it. They were about ready to, to be dashed upon the rocks along the shore, and the men in the ship were about ready to abandon the ship and get in their lifeboats in order to save their lives. Uh, and in the midst of all of this, as they were getting ready to get out of the ship, Paul says to the soldier to whom he is chained, except they stay in the ship, nobody will be saved. Now, can you imagine a prisoner in chains? They've gone through all this storm and turmoil. For two weeks they have battled. They haven't even taken time to eat. For two weeks they have battled this storm. And now they finally see it's lost. The ship is being thrust into shore against the rocks. And they get ready to get out of the ship. The 31st verse, and Paul says to Centurion, except these stay in the ship, we can't be saved. Everybody's got to stay on board. And what happens? They all stay on board. They listen to the guy who was in chains. They stay on board. And finally, he takes some food, and he says to them in the 34th verse, to the soldiers, to the sailors, you men, you want to eat. Then he says in the 35th verse, or the recording there is, and when he had thus spoken, he took bread in the middle of the storm, he took some food, and he gave thanks to God in the presence of all of these soldiers and sailors. And then when he had broken the bread, he gave them the bread to eat. Now can you imagine anybody who would take time in the middle of a storm to thank God for the bread he was about to eat. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in our immediate experience that we don't take time to thank God for what we have. Instead, our lives are oftentimes so, so involved in our turmoil we go through sickness, we go through death experiences, we go through loss of jobs, through family disputes and fusses and all of those things, through turmoil of every sort, to the point that sometimes we don't even stop to thank God for our daily bread. But Paul was not so remiss. Even in the middle of a storm when everybody's life was about to be dashed on the rocks and all killed, he says to the men, let's eat. And 
he takes the bread and he breaks it and offers thanks for it. So the first thing that I think that we can see is that Paul was one who recognized that even the subsistence of life came from God. For that we ought to be thankful. It may not be that we're going to have T-bone steak. And it may be that all we'll have is a bowl of beans, but for that bowl we ought to be thankful. And at Thanksgiving time, when most of us are probably going to overeat, it certainly would behoove us to acknowledge the God who has provided us all, the food and the clothing, the shelter, and as many of you said, the family that we have. All right. Secondly, I want us to go to Romans, chapter 1, the very next book over for that. And write one book in the very first chapter. In the eighth verse, he's speaking to the Christian people who are in Rome. And he says to them his letter first. He has greeted them in the in the first seven verses, and then he says, first. I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. The second thing that Paul shows appreciation for, is thankful for, are people of faith. I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. Any, and several of you mentioned some people that you were thankful for. Our forefathers, somebody mentioned. Our family, somebody mentioned. Friends, I think somebody mentioned. I am thankful in my own life for my grandparents on both sides. My family, my mother and father who were Christian people. My grandparents set my course for me. And I remember each of my grandfathers very, very greatly, the influence that they had on my life. And I thank God for them. I thank God for my parents. And I thank God for giving me linen for just 32 years. But the thing that I am appreciative about having her for that period of time is to know that she died a girl of deep faith. Deeper than my faith, I would have to say. And I hope that my life was influential in hers to make her a person of such deep commitment that when she came to that end time and when I sat there at her bedside and watched her die, we knew without doubt, all of us who were there, that she was gone to heaven. No questions asked at all. She was a person of faith. And one of the things that inspires me in, in my life is remembering my family and their faith, but also calling to mind many people that I have known over the years that have had that same kind of influence upon me. 
who have been people of faith, and I think back in the church where I grew up, and as some of you have commented at times, you can remember where a certain person sat in the church, and I have those memories, as you do as well. They had an impact upon us. And modern-day times, in this church, I don't know how long I live or where I will go from here, but I do know that burned into my memory will be the faith of some people that have sat in this congregation. It's important for us to be able, I think, to go back in our minds and pull out those people and thank God for them because they have been the molders of our character and of our faith. We should never forget them, whether they are uh, already gone on or whether they're still amongst us. People who have demonstrated their faith is important for us to thank God. Thirdly, let's go over to 2 Corinthians. Just keep moving to the right in your Bible. After Romans comes 1 Corinthians and then 2 Corinthians. Chapter 2. Verse 14. When he says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest, that means known, and maketh known the savor, S-A-V-O-R, that means the fragrance, make known the fragrance of his knowledge by us in every place. One of the most dynamic verses in all of the scripture, I think, that God causes us to triumph in Jesus Christ. And that triumph keeps in our minds and hearts as if it were a fragrance of God. We can smell it. There are some people who wear certain perfumes or aftershaves and so on that if they walk into the room, you know who it is by the fragrance. And also the opposite is true. If they don't have too good uh, habits keeping themselves clean, you remember them as well for that. A, we all have our fragrance. Uh, and it's peculiar to me, to you, and we are recognized by that fragrance. And Paul is recognizing and saying thanks to God that gives us the capability of triumphing over whatever, being triumphant over all of life, to the point that into our life comes that odor that is identified as nobody else but Jesus Christ. We can smell it with our spiritual nostrils. Know that he's present. 
which were triumphant. I quoted this morning the verse, and I'll do it again this evening. All things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are called according to his purpose. That's what Paul said, and that's what he says again in this verse. We ought to thank God that we emerge victorious, triumphantly, because of the presence of Jesus Christ, whom we know is present with us, as much so as if we could smell him. Can you see that coming through that verse? Okay, so, one thing more on deliverance that we will find in this point number four, which is, go backward now to the left, to the book of Romans again. This time to Romans chapter seven. And in chapter seven, I want you to particularly notice three verses. This deals with tri being triumphant or being delivered from temptation. First of all, in verse 15, Paul identifies the type of person he is. And I'm glad he put this verse in there because if he hadn't, I would have, have all kinds of trouble. He says in verse 15, what things I do, I allow not, and what things I, I would, that do I not, but what I hate, what I do. That sounds like double talk in the King James. What he's saying is, if you have another translation, it'd be a whole lot simpler. The things I don't want to do are the things I end up doing. The things I uh, do want to do, I don't seem to ever do. Don't you find yourself that way? Just doing the opposite. Really, what you know you ought to do, and after serving with, if you're like me, you say, well, dummy, why on earth did you do that? We commit a sin. We know it's wrong. And after it's over with, why did I do that? Or the opposite, why didn't I do something that I knew I ought to do? So Paul recognizes that he succumbs as a human being to error, to mistake, to temptation, to doing what he knows he ought not do. He recognizes that. And then down in verse 24 and 25, he says, Oh, wretched man that I am. They meant thing about what he said up in verse 15. There's some things in between, but that we'll have to shorten it up. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? How am I going to escape to get out of the problem that I am in? And then he answers it. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. How is it going to happen? He's saying, thank God the Lord's around. I thank God that Jesus Christ has made it possible. It's through Christ that we escape. So I want to thank God during this Thanksgiving season for allowing me a way of escaping from myself and from the evil that I do or contemplate doing. That he has made a way for me to have my sins wiped out. 
Then fifthly, this is in Philippians. You don't have to go right now. Philippians chapter 1. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. First and second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Chapter 1. And verse 3. Another very important verse of thanksgiving. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. A verse that you've read many times and probably passed over. Paul is thanking God for friends. I think we need to stop and do exactly what Don did in his testimony a little bit ago, and as he said to the rest of us, something about how appreciative he, he was. You said it more eloquently than I can, can repeat it, Don. We need to tell each other how much we appreciate each other. And we don't do that enough. And Paul is saying to the church of Philippi, I thank God for you. And listen, I thank God for you. This congregation. You probably don't know how much you mean to me. I know you don't. I hope that there's some of that in return. I hope that across the aisles and side by side and amongst us as a church family, we really mean something to each other. I thought there was tremendous meaning this morning when Aaron sang so beautifully and then Tim followed it up as he always does with such a good job. And I saw your faces. You were affected. There were tears flowing. I don't know for what all reasons, but several people were obviously moved. And I think a lot of it was because the service this morning, to that point at least, had brought us together to realize what God has provided us with. Good friends that love each other. We've got to keep it that way. That we, we are appreciative of each other. And we don't say it enough. Not at all. But we surely ought. And then sixthly, I have two more points to go. I got six minutes to do it in it. That's three apiece. Okay, I think I can do it. Six is in Acts. Back to Acts. This one affects me tremendously. Chapter 28. The last chapter. Paul is on his way to Rome to prison. He's 
now off board ship, he's on land and heading that direction, and he's coming to a place called the Three Taverns. Now look at the verse. And from thence, when the brethren heard of us, the Christian people in Rome heard of us, that is, the people on board ship and the entourage that was going toward Rome and Paul was in prison, changed. When they heard of us, they came to meet us as far as, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce that, a philophore, I think. And the three taverns, that's unimportant. The point to notice is, Paul is going toward Rome in chains, and what does he see? But a body of Christian believers coming out to meet him, to accompany him to Rome. You get the picture? And when Paul looks up and sees this group of people coming, he says, uh, he, the scripture says, he thanked God. And he took courage. He thanked God. I can see him falling on his knees and say, God, thank you for that body of believers that's coming to share with me. He took courage then. He was encouraged. His strength was renewed. He was even more determined to carry the gospel to Rome. Let me tell you why that makes such an impact upon me. The experience that I... 1989 was just, is just a bad year for me all the way. I mean, if, if it was bad, it's happened uh, with Lynn and then the problem we had in the church and... And with, now with Cricket's illness, this, I, I told her, I hope, I hope 90 is a whole, a whole lot better year. It doesn't have these things. But the point I want to make is, in going through all of this, which had a tremendous toll, took a tremendous toll upon me, particularly the toll of the problem of my manufacturing. That was devastating. But the thing that happened with me is so many of you came out to meet me like they came out to meet Paul. And I got courage from it. All the way through this whole process. Let me tell you, on more than one occasion, I thank God for you. You were willing to stand by and all that turmoil and the problems with Lynn and her illness and death, and you're standing by me with the problem with Craig, which is probably not over by a long shot yet. We ought to thank God that there are people who reach out, go the extra mile, make the effort to leave Rome and come down to wherever Three Taverns was, many miles, just to meet Paul, to go back with him to Rome. That's what you did with me. And I thank you for it. And then lastly, point number seven. Second Corinthians 9.15. I'm turning you all over the, uh, the New Testament here, I know, but I think it's important you see these. Go right to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Verse 15. 
climax of all Paul's thanksgiving is found in this verse when he says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. What is that but Jesus Christ? Thank you, Lord, for Jesus, my Savior, my Redeemer, my Lord. As we share Thanksgiving this week, I would hope that you would stop at some point in your uh, period of time of, of celebrating and thank God for seven things. It's our mission tonight. One was just your daily substance. Number two, thank God for the people of faith that you know. Three, thank God for deliverance, and especially deliverance from, from temptation, which is number four. Five, thank God for the memory of friends that you have. Six, thank God for kindness has been showing you in time of trouble. And seven, thank God for Jesus Christ, the unspeakable gift. I think if we've done that, we've covered the waterfront. And God will be honored by our thanksgiving. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you seven we have mentioned tonight. But above all, we thank you for Jesus Christ. It makes it all fall into place. Gives us the right purpose. Proper understanding as to how we fit into the picture that you have already painted. Thank you for love that is demonstrated amongst Christian people for each other. Because we know that it came from you. As you demonstrated your love by giving your son to die on the cross for us. Bless us, Lord, this week as we meet with our friends and our families. As we undergo the, the good things as well as the bad things of our life. We will not forget to praise your name and to thank you. Know that from it all, we love you and serve you. It will all work out for the good. Just be praised Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.